Hello and welcome to the Fire on the Mountain podcast, a show where we talk about how to stir into flame our God-given potential and spread that flame of renewal to those around us, transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit in order to become agents of transformation in the world today. My name is Father David Dodd. Let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the Fire on the Mountain podcast. Today, On today's episode, we're going to talk about the role of peace when it comes to spiritual warfare and recognizing that sometimes as we're seeking to do good things for God, we find ourselves with obstacles in the way. And it's not personal, it's tactical. So as we begin this morning, or begin today, whatever time of the day you're listening, um, we'll, we'll begin by reading the gospel here for today from the gospel of Mark chapter six, verses seven through 13. Let's take a moment of prayer together in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit. Amen. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We bless and honor and adore and glorify you Lord for yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power and yours is the glory. Even in our weakness, you are still King. Even in times of trials, you are still victorious, and we are working our way from victory to victory. Holy Spirit, pour out your presence and the anointing of your peace from heaven upon us. Enable us to hear what it is that you want us to hear, and then to speak what it is that you invite us to speak after listening to your word. We pray this prayer in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And he called to him the twelve, and began to send them out two by two, and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He charged them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not put on two tunics. And he said to them, where you, where you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place. And if any place will not receive you, and they refuse to hear you, when you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet for a testimony against them. So they went out and preached that men should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So as I was reflecting on this this gospel for today, um, I was reflecting on the fact that oftentimes I I am a nervous packer. (laughs) When I'm getting ready for a trip, uh, there are times, especially if the trip is going to be long, you know, you want to make sure that you have enough uh, clothes, that you have your your phone, your ID, your wallets, your car keys, um, maybe leave the kids at home, leave this, no, I'm just kidding. Like, bring, you need to bring who you need to bring. Um, and you know, it's, it's funny because being a religious, um, I don't have to worry about packing for, for my family, which I imagine for, for many of you who are listening, who are parents and trying to not only pack for yourselves, but then trying to make sure like all the kids have their stuff or the people that you're traveling with, um, it can be a very stressful time. And um, 
a number of years ago, uh, when I was still a, a religious brother, I was I was working on campus at Franciscan University uh, for my pastoral year. I took a year off of seminary. And this is kind of our formation process that we go to school for three years and then get sent out into the world to do work like a real person, like an adult and get away from the books. And part of my role at the university that year was to advise a bunch of mission trips. So I, I had a chance to advise this, this foreign mission. And I remember kind of leading up to it, I'm like, oh man, like this is kind of a, it's kind of a dangerous location that we're going into. Um, but okay, like God has asked us to go and, and we're going. And I remember the night before I was so nervously packing and I could only bring one bag. So I was trying to stuff everything I needed in one bag. Um, and you know, luckily the, the place we were going to, we were going to stay in a mountain village for about four days. So they're like, yeah, don't worry about showering. So I was like, okay, I don't need soap. Don't need any of that. Bring my toothbrush, you know, do need to bring that. Um, and I remember I was so nervously packing that, you know, maybe if, maybe you're like me that when you're in that moment where you're kind of nervous, you're like overpacking or you're like taking everything out of the bag like five times and then putting it back in. So that was me on the verge of this, this mission trip to, to Honduras. And, um, and we, so to, the kicker was too, that we were going to leave at 3 AM. So I was like, okay, like I need to make sure I get to bed, like get, at least get some sleep so that I'm functional in the morning at 3 AM when no one else is up except maybe the parents with newborns. And so I'm in solidarity with them. And if that's you right now, then, you know, God bless you. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so anyway, so I was, uh, I remember waking up because my phone went off and it was one of those situations where you've probably done this like a thousand times, like me, where you set the alarm for, for PM rather than AM. Yep. That's exactly what happened. So at like two forty-eight, I get a phone call and I roll over. I'm like, oh, hello. And they're like, Hey brother, where are you? I'm like, is it time to leave? They're like, yeah, we're waiting in the, in the circle for you. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, and I was like rushing out the door and just in a frantic and a panic, but luckily I packed everything the night before. So that was good. And I packed it five times. So I knew that I had everything that I needed. Um, <laughs> but I remember walking out the door and I was like, I haven't even brushed my teeth. So I just took a swig of mouthwash. And as I'm walking out of the door of my house, I'm like, just like spitting mouthwash everywhere, trying to get down uh, and it was cold that morning, so you know it was March in uh, in Ohio, um, and that's how the missing trip started off. And I was I was reflecting on that because then that trip to Honduras it was a very difficult trip. It was physically demanding, it was emotionally demanding. I was in charge of all the finances, uh, so I was carrying a bunch of cash with me and was really concerned about that. And both my parents are are in finances. I'm don't have that gift and I don't like to uh, manage money because uh, I'm a terrible counter. It's <laughs> probably why I became a priest. That's okay. Um, but it was such a, a stressful moment and that trip itself was very, very stressful. And I remember at the end of that trip, just thinking and praying like, Lord, this is such, this was such a disaster. Like I felt like I didn't accomplish anything. And then I realized, and I felt him speak to me and he's like, he's like, yeah, but the mission still was a success. And I realized how so often I get in my own way, <laughs> right? 
that sometimes we we plan so much that that planning can lead us to a place of anxiety. It can cause us to lose our peace. And then what good are we? And yet, you know, thanks be to God, God in his mercy in that situation and in so many different situations in my life, I've recognized how he wants to teach me and how important it is to be docile, to be open to correction, to be not afraid of failure. Because on this podcast, as we're talking about what it means to be, um, to stir up our God-given potential, to stir up the Holy Spirit within us so that we can be agents of transformation. One of the lessons with that is we have to be teachable. We have to be open to learning. Because in fact, in many ways, it's when we think that we have all of our stuff together, that's when, that's when we're in trouble spiritually. It's when we're relying on ourselves, on our own resources, on our own gifts, on our own talents, on our own understanding. And the the enemy can use that against us. I think that's why in this gospel today, right, Jesus, it says he sends out the 12 two by two and he gives them authority over unclean spirits, which is to say he gives them authority over the spiritual realm. He gives that authority to human beings, flawed human beings. And yet, consider this, right? He says, and he called him to him the 12. What does that mean? It means that he trusts them, right? There are so many times where as I'm going about my day or going about my, my ministry assignment, there are times where I get anxious and I come back to that word over and over again, that the Lord trusts me. Even if I don't always trust myself, even if I'm like, like I'm like failing today, Lord, but I'm trying. I'm on the struggle bus, but I'm I'm trying to make my way through. Even in that, the Father still says, and He said to me so many times, just even recently, He's like, "But Father David, I trust you." And if you're whatever vocation that you're in, if you're in that vocation, if God has called you to that, it means that He trusts you. And it means that he's not going to leave you without what you need to accomplish whatever mission, whatever task it is, because the reality is that when we're trying to do good things, expect opposition, brothers and sisters. Can I get an amen? Amen. (laughs) Expect opposition when we're trying to do good things. Why? Because the, the devil is just a party pooper. He does whatever he can to derail us or to delay us or to cause us to give up. And maybe consider this. If you're facing that right now and you're doing good things and you're, you're staying in a state of grace and you're seeking after the Lord and prayer and the sacraments, if you're doing all that and you're still finding it difficult or still finding obstacles, consider in that moment that you're doing that God is doing amazing things through you. Precisely because the enemy is not going to come after someone who's not a threat to his kingdom. I'm going to say that again. The enemy, the devil, is not going to come after you unless you're doing things that are dismantling his kingdom. And so if you are experiencing that, it means that you are cooperating with God to bring about the kingdom of heaven wherever you are. 
And this is why Jesus, he not only gives them this authority, but then he says, here's how to carry that authority. Here's how that authority stays with you, right? He says, take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bread, no food, no bag, no money in their belts, right? How many times um, do we get like flustered because maybe we lose, or maybe you have lost your credit card. Maybe you're your identity was stolen or maybe you forgot something, right? And we kind of were thrown in a panic. And Jesus, he's so wise. He's like, he's like, don't worry about it. Because in that moment, what is he inviting them to do? Not to depend upon themselves, not to depend upon their own resources, their own gifts, their own talents, but to recognize that when they're dependent upon the power from on high, there is unlimited access to that power. Right, because here's Jesus, he's sending them out to to preach the kingdom of God, to cast out darkness, and to heal the sick. Well, what do we know about heaven? In heaven, there is no sickness. In heaven, there is no disease. In heaven, there is no evil. In heaven, there is no pride. There is no self-reliance because there's community. And so all those things, he's saying, listen, don't rely on what you know, but rely on who you are, who I've made you to be. And this is the powerful truth for each and every one of us, is it's our identity as children of our Heavenly Father that gives us access to tremendous power from on high. It's not about what we know. It's not about how smart we are. It's not even about how good we are because we all fail. We all fall short. And yet, Jesus knew that and he still sent out the apostles and he still sends us out because he trusts us. It's so powerful to consider and to recognize the great power that Jesus wants to flow through us. So then what, what is the obstacle to that? There's a saying in Latin, civis pacem parabellum, civis pacem parabellum, which roughly translated says, roughly translated says, if you wish for peace, prepare for war. In other words, If you're trying to live a godly life, get ready. If you're trying to be holy, if you're trying to lead your family in the ways of God, if you're trying to do amazing and beautiful things in his kingdom, my brothers and sisters, prepare for war. Prepare for the battle. Because the enemy is going to try and dismantle it. He's going to try and divide it. He's going to try and um, he's going to try and discourage us. He's going to try and divert us. He's going to try and do all these things. And again, a caveat: because self-reliance can be such an obstacle to God's grace. If there's any pride or any sense of our own agenda and what it is that we're trying to do for God, we have to let that go. We have to walk in humility. 
Because if we walk in humility, we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because he comes and rests on the humble. Right? I said, mentioned a couple days ago, Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, because when we're poor in spirit, the spirit of the poor, the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of heaven comes to rest upon us. Sivis pacem parabellum. If you wish for peace, prepare for war. There's a saint who wrote a book called The Spiritual Combat. It's a classic from the 16th century. He says this, The enemy does his utmost to banish peace from one's heart because he knows that God abides in peace and in peace and in peace he accomplishes great things. And this is huge because there's a fine line between striving and abiding. Striving is we're trying to do everything by our own steam, by our own power, by our own resources, by our own giftings. And it doesn't work that way. If we do that, then we fall right back into that trap of self-reliance. And if Jesus is giving us this image of not traveling with all these things, not traveling with, with money or food or bread or even a backpack, what is he saying? He's saying travel light. Because if you don't, those things will weigh you down. When the mission gets tough, when the assignment, the God-given assignment that he's given you becomes difficult, it's self-reliance that's going to drag us down even further. And so the invitation then is to be dependent upon the Holy Spirit. We don't like that, especially as Americans. We have this spirit of independence that I want to do what I want to do, that we have our expectations, which are really cloaked by fear and cloaked by control. That when we're afraid, we either, you know, turn inwards or when we're afraid, we, we try and control and manage everything around us, including the things that we can't even control and manage. Right. And I say that as somebody who is like, <laughs> that's, yeah, I'm, I'm guilty number one with that. And so this is, this is part of the reason I wanted to share this this morning, because I'm like, I'm right in the boat there with you. Um, but God has been teaching me these things. And these are the things that I feel like he's called me to share. So getting back to this peace, right? Um, have you ever noticed that when you're not at peace, things get confusing? When you're not at peace, anxiety builds up. When you're not abiding, but you're striving, we get worked up into a frenzy. And then it's hard to see forward. It's hard to see what's most important when that happens. So recently I was reading something from a, a saint, and I don't know how to say his name, so I'm not even going to try and pronounce it. But he's using this image of peace, and he says that the Holy Spirit can often speak to us and show us things very clearly if we're in peace. If we're not, then, then it's not a problem on his side. It's a problem on our side to get back to that peace. So he says this. So he says, when we're seeking after the Holy Spirit, seeking to understand what it is that God wants, he says, therefore, we must maintain great stillness of mind, even in the midst of our struggles. We shall then be able to distinguish between the different types of thoughts that come to us, those that are good 
Those sent by God, we will treasure in our memory. Those that are evil and inspired by the devil, we will reject. A comparison with the sea may help us. A tranquil sea allows the fisherman to gaze right to its depths. No fish can hide there and escape his sight. The stormy sea, however, becomes murky when it is agitated by the winds. The very depths that it revealed in its placidness, the sea now hides. The skills of the fishermen are useless. He goes on to say, Only the Holy Spirit can purify the mind. So by every means, but especially by peace of soul, we must try to provide the Holy Spirit with a resting place. Then we shall have the light of knowledge shining within us at all times, and it will show up for what they are, all the dark and hateful temptations. And not only will it show them up, exposure to this holy and glorious light will also greatly diminish their power. I read that the other day and I was like, yep. <laughs> wow. It's, that's so powerful. I'll, uh, I'll see if I can leave that in the show notes uh, for you to, to pray with and to meditate on. But again, what is he saying? He's saying that when we're agitated, it's like the winds of the sea, that we're meant to see down into the depths to see what's beneath the sea, to see the fish and the wildlife and the coral reef and, and all the beauty beneath that. But when the wind is on the surface of the sea and we're agitated, when we're disturbed, we can't see. We can't see clearly in the spiritual life. And what happens oftentimes when we get agitated, then we try and take control, right? We either try to, try to take control of ourselves or take control of situations around us that we can't control. And then because we can't control them, then we find ourselves in a place of doubts. We find our place in a, a, ourselves in a place of discouragement. But when we find peace, then we see the Holy Spirit very, very clearly. Why? Because he wants us to know his will. My brothers and sisters, God's will is not, he, he doesn't just like give us something to say, all right, you're on your own to figure this out. You ever considered he wants you to know his will more than you want to? <laughs> That's his desire because his desire is for you. His desire is that you would be his home that you would be his resting place. What does Jesus say when he sends out his disciples? He says, when you go, announce peace and say peace to this house and the spirit of peace will rest upon those whom you come into contact with. Because it's recognizing that the challenge for us is that if we're not at peace, we're going to carry the absence of that peace to those around us. But if we have that peace, then we'll be able to release that peace, to bestow that peace, to give that peace, that wholeness, that tranquility, that sense of, of purpose, that sense of clarity to those around us. So it matters what we carry on the inside. That if we do carry peace, then peace will be carried through us to others. It's such a powerful thing to consider. 
And this, the saint says that when we do that, what happens? It says, we shall have the light of knowledge shining within us at all times. We'll be able to see clearly what it is that the Lord is inviting us to, what it is that God is asking of us. Sivis pacem parabellum, brothers and sisters. If you wish for peace, prepare for war. So my invitation to you this week, today, do you have his peace? And the only way that you can really know that is, are you spending time with him? Or have you cut short your prayer? If he's the God of peace and he gives peace, then that means that the only thing we can do is receive it. If we strive after it, strive after it in the sense of achievement or in the sense of trying to control things, again, it's not going to work. But if we go before our Heavenly Father in prayer, even with our agitated souls, he can speak just as Jesus spoke peace when he awoke from the storm. He said, peace, be still. And those words, because they're from the word of God, and the word of God has power, and the word of God affects, brings about what it says. Right? God says in the beginning, let there be light. And there's light. Jesus says to the man, arise and walk. And the power of that word raises the man and heals him. So the same is true when Jesus says to us, peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. Do we go in prayer and say, yes, Jesus, I receive that peace. Because you're always willing to give it. And when we have that peace, then, my brothers and sisters, then we become agents of transformation to those around us. So the challenge today, pray. Go in prayer. Go into that quiet place. Slow down your mind. Slow down your heart. Give it all to the Lord. Right? You don't have to control it. Just surrender it. Which is to say, give God access to those things. And when you give God access to those things, then he has access to you and will use you as a powerful instrument of his peace. Thank you so much for joining me today. I look forward to connecting with you again soon. I'm trying to do this, this podcast on um, a couple times a week. So please look forward to that. And um, I'd love to hear from you, my listeners. So feel free to email me at firemountainpodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. God bless you. And may the God of peace, who is perfect peace, bestow his peace and abundance upon you and your families, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks so much for listening.